Every town has a dark side. This is Andrew Fitzgerald from the Every Town Podcast, where every single week we dive into insane and mysterious true crime stories, most of which you've never heard of. Stories like the bizarre disappearance of Tyler Davis in Columbus, Ohio, a 29-year-old father trying to find his way back to his hotel when he disappeared and was never heard from again, and Elizabeth Shelf from Lugoff, South Carolina, who was abducted from her driveway by a madman and taken to his underground bunker in the woods. We give you all the details you're interested in hearing about without any fluff or fillers, because ain't nobody got time for that. We cover everything from psychopaths to poltergeists, so go check out the Everytown podcast, because every town, no matter how nice it may seem, has a dark side. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, a backyard tinkerer with a background in electronics and computer science recreates simple electrogravitic propulsion systems that are used in top-secret military aircraft today. This isn't a fake UFO YouTube video. You're seeing it in real life right in front of you. You know, every time I would show my skeptical friends, look at this, look at this UFO and whatnot, they're like, oh, that's a faked video or whatnot. And so I said, fine, then I'm just going to go create one. And uh, it took me 15 years to get it to work, but was finally able to show it to them, you know, right in front of their face, uh, and they can't deny it. And it's really funny, they go right from skeptical almost immediately to, oh, well, that's, you know, got to be static electricity or something, or you got magnets underneath the table there. That, and then, you know, I show them, and, and they can't deny it, and they just scratch their head. If you own a business or you've dreamed of starting one, there's a helpful free guide with 36 business power tools proven to boost sales, increase income, and simplify your life. Plus, it'll give you better results with less effort. Best of all, this business toolbox is yours absolutely free. And these are useful online tools that make doing almost anything a lot easier. Just visit freebusinesstoolbox.com and grab your free copy. I know that there are a lot of websites out there that'll offer you a special deal on something and then they stick you in some recurring program. Relax, this isn't like that. There's no hidden thing to try. Brightbiz is giving away this guide free of charge as a means of putting their best foot forward. But all good things must come to an end, so don't wait. Grab your free guide today. Visit freebusinesstoolbox.com. Freebusinesstoolbox.com. That's freebusinesstoolbox.com. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Wednesday. Just a reminder that if you want to get in on the weekly draw and a chance to win a copy of my Strange Planet CD, Volume 1 or 2, or both, uh, it's real simple. Just rate and review this podcast, grab a screenshot of that, and then email it to me at richardserrett one at gmail.com. Don't forget to include your full name and mailing address, and then be listening every Friday when I draw the entry from one lucky winner. 
You know, I've always had a soft spot for inventors, particularly those who really have no formal training or education. People like John Hutchison, for example. This is the gentleman who experimented with high-voltage electricity and discovered some very unusual effects, including levitation, that became known as the Hutchison effect. My guest is actually an admirer of Hutchison's. He's been able to reproduce some simple electrogravitic effects, which he believes, as do many others, is the technology behind UFO propulsion although obviously on a much grander scale. You'll actually get to see his electrogravitics demonstrated at this year's Alien Cosmic Expo, happening June 22nd to the 24th, right here in Toronto. He's also dabbling in free energy and has reproduced Hutchison's famous crystal battery device, which produces essentially free energy. For over 20 years, Mike Dandy has been investigating ufology and the technology behind their crafts and propulsion methods that are used with a background in biology, electronics, and computer science. Mike has successfully replicated many forms of electrogravitic propulsion top-secret military craft are using today, like the TRB-3 and B-2 bomber. Why don't you come and see him present this and other free energy technology like zero-point crystal batteries based on Nikola Tesla and John Hutchison. Mike Dandy, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? Not too bad, Richard. We should start with the Alien Cosmic Expo. You'll be there. This is uh, happening at the Toronto Airport Marriott Hotel, June 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. I'll be there on the 23rd presenting a um, or moderating a roundtable on UFO disclosure. Mike, where and when will we see you there at the Alien Cosmic Expo? So I will be there all three days as well. Um, I will likely have a table set up um, uh, before and after my presentation on Saturday, and I, I believe it's at 5 o'clock. I'd have to double-check. Um, but I will basically be there uh, presenting uh, some electrogravitic, or some people call it an ion wind. I would say it's electrogravitics. Uh, or even some people call it anti-gravity propulsion. Um, it's quite a quite a simple um, process, um, but it's it's also it it, it uh, <laughs> turns people who are skeptics a lot of the times uh, um, into believers, I guess you could say, because um, it's not too often you go to a conference like this um, where you get to see something levitate without any fans or motors or anything like that in front of your eyes. Um, so that, that was my main motivation to do it. Um, I guess just a bit of background on myself. Uh, I've been very interested in the UFO uh, field or community for, oh gosh, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Uh, I'm 38 now. So since since I was quite young, uh, maybe just getting getting into high school, uh, my dad uh, has always been interested in it for very probably over fifty sixty years, um, and I was always reading about it and uh, you know watching watching videos of it and books and whatnot uh, throughout my life. But as most people who are into conspiracy theories and, and UFOs and, and stuff like that. You get uh, you get kind of frustrated sometimes with the with the giggle factor and all of that when you when you talk about that kind of stuff. So and, and even for myself, um, it, it was always nice to read about this kind of stuff the majority of my life. But I'm the kind of person that uh, I'll read about it so long 
um, before I want to physically see something to believe it. And, and that's how it is for most people, especially skeptics. So, so you, you um, have been studying electrogravitics. Is, is your effect based on the work of Thomas Townsend Brown or Tesla? Uh, it's actually um, probably closer to, um, yeah, T. Thompson Brown is probably the closest one. Um, a lot of my studies have been with actually uh, John Hutchinson. Oh, yes, I um, know John a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and actually that's the second part, uh, is is my, my crystal, uh, or some people call it zero-point energy batteries, which I'm also going to demonstrate as well. Uh, that I that I constructed following really closely to John's uh, original formula that's been modified a few times and uh, there's some a few number of other people on the internet that have that have copied it and and so I kind of hodgepodge a bunch of processes that other people have made and and but stuck with uh, John's uh, ingredients yeah, and doping we'll, agents. We'll circle back to Hutchinson's crystal battery, but let me let me just go back to the anti-gravitics or electrogravitics. Uh, for those not yep. familiar with Thompson, Townsend, Brown, uh, how is how how does this work? Would the electric fields affect on on mass basically? But what, just tell describe what your exhibit, I guess, uh, at the Alien Cosmic Expo looks like, what it does, and and how it works. What's the principle behind it? Sure. So, just keeping things in layman's terms as much as possible for for your listeners. Um, what I ended up uh, constructing, and uh, I'll I'll even go back with a bit of history on that. Um, back when I was in my early twenties, so uh, you know about fifteen years ago, uh, my roommates and I um, decided to try and build an anti-gravitic uh, electrogravitic lifter. It's it's basically a tinfoil uh, triangle. Um, made out of uh, you know, basically balsa wood and, and a tinfoil skirt with um, uh, some uh, of the wood that sticks up above the tinfoil skirt. About an inch and a half, you wrap, um, back in that time, it was just a copper wire around the top. And the top wire is positively charged with extremely high voltage, um, you know, about 100,000 volts, very low current, about 100,000 volts, so, and, and back then, we were using an old CRT computer monitor, you know, cathode ray tube, the old style TVs, uh, to produce this extremely high voltage uh, at low current. And um, so you, you, you positively charge the top wire, and then you connect the negative terminal to the bottom tinfoil skirt. And essentially what you get is... Um, the electrons flowing from the top wire jumping down uh, to the to the tinfoil skirt, um, creating uh, a bit of an ion wind, but it's it's more to it. There is there is definitely a gravitational effect with it. Um, there's people online that have you know put these in vacuum tubes and it didn't work, but they're also not maybe not aware of other shielding techniques and stuff like that that you need to do to to actually have it work in a vacuum tube. What, what is an ion so, wind? Well, it's uh essentially electrons that are that are moving um and I guess if you look at a lightning bolt that is one really condensed <laughs> 
uh, amount of electrons, but it's all focused in one in one spot. And if I had the electricity jumping from the top wire down to the tinfoil skirt in one spot, you would see it arc. You would literally see, you know, an inch and a half lightning bolt. Well, what I do with the lifter is if you can spread that, essentially that lightning bolt, that arc, across the entire surface of the wire, uh, then you're not physically seeing the electrons jump from the top to the bottom, but but you you literally are getting them spread across the whole thing, and that then is giving lift to the entire lifter um, by by essentially spreading it apart. And and when 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 we come to the Alien Cosmic Expo and we find Mike Dandy in the in the exhibitors hall, I presume, uh, yeah. what are we going to see this? triangle wrapped in tinfoil do it how, how high up off the ground is it gonna raise well arise so it, it's uh it's still so i started off with using copper wire and whatnot back uh 15 years ago and we never really got full lift with it um but i definitely maybe two of the corners the triangle was lifting up and uh um, I was using lineman gloves that you would use to climb hydro poles because I was dealing with high voltage and I had safety glasses on. I still have maybe some videos of that when I had like the first digital camera I probably ever made. Uh, so they're a little grainy, but uh, you can see in those, those videos, which I will show part, as part of my presentation, um, kind of giving some lift, but not really getting off. The copper wire is a little thicker than it needs to be and it's heavy and it's not as pliable. Um, and even in some of my uh, those videos, uh, in one of them you see it actually arcing across and kind of blowing up the computer monitor. Um, but I never got full lift. And then a couple of years ago, my original roommate from, from, from 15 years ago when we first did this, we both decided that, hey, you know, I'd like to maybe try that again. And um, this time around we used um, uh, silver wire, which is a lot more conductive and a lot thinner and lighter and um i also um bought a, a kit online like 15 years ago as well uh off this website actually called electric american where the guy was was providing power supplies that you could cut, connect to you know motorcycle battery or car battery 12 volt battery and it would produce the hundred thousand volts and the nice thing about that is it's very portable you could take it anywhere and you could build like a four-foot triangle and take it out into a field and to have it fly around there, essentially. Hmm. And why um, a triangle? Why why not something saucer-shaped? Um, you could, and that's what T. Thompson Brown did. He did a lot of saucer-shaped saucer uh, stuff. Uh, for me, I chose a triangle because it's just very easy to construct. It's very strong. You can make it very strong, but at the same time, very light. So it, it's... Um, you can make a, a very a very rigid structure, you know, out of balsa wood um, with very little material very easily versus a triangle would be something quite difficult to construct. So back in the, the 1950s, Boeing was quite open about the fact that they were working on electrogravitics. Uh, Correct. I, they, were, they even published reports that they were getting close, they were getting close. And then all of a sudden, uh, this black curtain or cone of silence descended, and we never heard anything again. Mm-hmm. So what do you think happened there? Um, uh, 
personally, I think that they started to make some extreme progress with it and realized two things. One is the potential uh, of this technology. And um, the second thing is um, probably, you know, potentially the, the dangers of it. If you can imagine, uh, you know, every, every Joe Public in every country of the world being able to create something that could give them lift um, fairly easily, uh, <laughs> start flying across borders, um, I, I think that they thought that this is something that's, uh, that they need to keep secret. Um, and then I, I think the next stage that they went to beyond that was uh, if you look at the B-2 bomber, uh, and um, there's, there's quite a few other military crafts that come out. Even the patents have been released on them as of just this last year. Um, that are are basically uh, uh, putting a negative charge on the front wing tips of the airplanes and a negative on the back, and um, basically uh, quite a few of them are retrofitted with electrogravitic technology in combination with um, the jets. And what that will do is obviously it'll um, allow them to uh, have much smaller engines, much less noticeable to radar and whatnot, uh, and also perform some some interesting moves if they're reducing their, their gravitational effect within the craft itself using this type of technology. Now, obviously, they're not using tinfoil and cathode ray tubes and so forth. So what, I mean, you have the principle, the basic, the most basic principle that you're demonstrating, but what would it take to go from what you're doing uh, to, to, ab- to actually being able to take a craft uh, and and lift it off the ground solely using whether it's ion wind or this uh, electrogravitics uh, and, and and maneuver the way that, that UFOs supposedly can maneuver. What's what's the missing piece of the puzzle here? Uh, that's a great question, um, and this is just. You know, my answer to that is just based off of my own research and years of, of looking into it. Um, but the interesting thing with this technology is the amount of weight that you can lift is not directly proportional to the amount of electricity that you're producing to lift it. So as an example, if I can produce, you know, one megawatt of electricity, I maybe could lift, you know, a pound. But if I could produce two megawatts of electricity, I could maybe lift lift 10 pounds. So there becomes a point where if you can produce enough electricity, enough voltage, that you could lift whatever the power supply or power generator is that you're you're using to create the voltage to lift itself. And I think that's probably the missing link for for myself is a lot of of money and uh, maybe ex-military surplus equipment um, to produce such a high voltage to get some really impressive results. Now, there's lots of videos online of some people doing this. Um, for whatever reason, I haven't seen a lot of recent stuff, maybe the last 10 years, of uh, people um, doing this type of research. But there, there was back in the day, AmericanAntigravity.com had some great examples, uh, and they obviously had some good, uh, a good R&D budget. And they were, you know, they had lifters that were, you know, 16, 30 feet, 30 feet long triangles uh, that had the ability to lift quite a mass, uh, but they were producing, 
as I said, in the megawatts kind of area of electricity of voltage. And of course, uh, this has all been coveted and I suppose hoarded by the military. I'm just thinking, what a boon for civilian aviation. Imagine if you could put one of those thingies on a, a Southwest airline uh, jetliner or um you know, United Airlines or Air Canada or whatever, the savings, I would imagine, in fuel would be enormous. Uh, that could then, those savings, <laughs> I, I say tongue-in-cheek, could be passed down uh, to the um, to the passengers. That's not going to happen, but... Uh, right. <laughs> so, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely from the research I can see in the released patents, again, even just this year, uh, it is on a number of military vehicles, uh, either being retrofitted like the B-2 bomber with this technology in combination with the um, jets that it has, up to the the, the, the TR-3B. And uh, that one's not, of course, completely declassified, although there is a lot of patents that are being released on it now. And the, the TR-3B is electrogavitic technology, 100%. There is no, from the research that I've seen, uh, jets required for it. Although I believe that one is nuclear power to, that they're using um, in the center of the, of the triangle uh, to produce the high voltage. It's the black military triangle that's reported a lot of times by by uh, experiencers. So they, they're definitely using electrogavitic technology ex- extensively versus some of these older military craft like the B-2 bomber that have been retrofitted with this technology. But I'm sure there's I'm sure there's many more. Tesla, was he borrowing from Brown or was it the other way around in terms of electrogravitics? Because Tesla also had his plans for a, a, a craft using electrogravitics. Yeah. Um, I'm not as... I, I'm very familiar with, with Tesla and, and a lot of his patents and inventions. I'm not as familiar with Tesla's um, electrogavitic uh, inventions. Uh, m- my guess is that they were operating completely independently of one another, if not in a completely different time uh, with these experiments. I think Tesla was probably quite a bit before um, before Brown and, and his work. Uh, and in different areas of the world as well at the same time, because Tesla was mostly in uh, in uh, in North America by that time, and Brown was in I think he's British, if I if I recall. No, he is American. You're right. Um, but yeah, totally different uh, time era. So yeah. Now, the thing that occurs to me is when we're talking about UFOs, I would think that this type of technology, although it seems quite sophisticated to us, would be rather primitive to them. I mean, surely they're utilizing something else. I mean, if if they're a level one civilization, let's say, uh, they have harnessed the power of the sun. I mean, how else to explain how they could traverse, you know, millions of light years uh, in yeah. a blink of an eye? So. Yeah. Do you think that they, this is really what's behind UFO propulsion? I think that they're, the one that I'm going to demonstrate and been describing is the simplest form of it. I think that there's definitely many different types. Um, 
quote-unquote anti-gravity or UFO propulsion, whether it's electric avidics or whatnot. I think probably the more common one that I've uh, researched over the years that is uh, a lot more powerful, has a lot more moving parts and more difficult, would be more of John Searle and the Searle effect, uh, if you're familiar with that. Yes, Sorry, yes. He's the one I was thinking of. This is more the... The, the multiple layers of, of rings using rare earth magnets that look like tiny little cylinders, and um, they start spinning around each other to the point where they're spinning so fast that they're creating a plasma. And, you know, that's just another form of it where it's, you know, again, from my understanding, it's spinning so fast, it ends up creating a vortex above the vehicle and a negative pressure above the vehicle essentially removing the atmosphere uh, above it um, and allowing it to lift off the earth. Um, if you think about all the weight of, of the atmosphere above you, it's, it's part of what's pushing you down um, in addition to the gravity. But that one, I think, is probably the more common one. There's, there's the, uh, oh, there's, there's ones that are using a spinning plasma of, uh, mercury, those are the Vimanas, or uh, I'm losing my uh, thought here on it, but those are another ancient form uh, that's been recorded when you look a lot of the Sumerian text and what like not. Oh, the, the, uh, the Vedic, uh, oh. right, the Vedic uh, texts. Correct. Right, yeah. okay. So I think that there's many different types. I think, you know, you know, there's obviously maybe, you know, hundreds if not thousands of different uh alien races that have probably visited Earth over, over you know, the, the, the four million years, four billion years of Earth's existence um, that have come up with many different technologies. But I would say mine's probably the most simplistic one that you could create in your basement, like I did, um, that would demonstrate this technology that you're just, you're not going to see in high school or, or even your university, you know, uh, science class. Um, which is which is what really interested me when I finally got it working a couple of years ago. I uh, actually had many discussions with uh, Western University, which is the one in London near where I went, with some professors who, uh, when I explained it to them, they didn't think it was possible, but yet I had it in my basement. And I actually never got over to, to demonstrate it to, to some of them, but they were very interested in it but because it's not supposed to be physically possible according to you know, our, our modern textbooks that were taught in school. You know, there's a lot we're not taught in schools. Take, for example, this concept of hidden intelligence. If you own a dog, how would you like to develop your dog's hidden intelligence and eliminate bad behavior and create the obedient, well-behaved pet of your dreams? Well, a woman named Adrienne Ferricelli, a professional certified dog trainer, has helped hundreds of dog owners train their dogs to be well-behaved, obedient, loving pets by bringing out this hidden intelligence that exists inside all dogs. You can quickly eliminate any behavioral problem your dog has, no matter how badly you think it's ingrained, no matter what kind of dog you have. The science behind this is simple. You may have heard of neuroplasticity in the human brain. This is what allows our brains to learn new behaviors. Well, your dog's brain has the same plasticity. And with the right mental stimulation that Adrian teaches, any dog's brain will become more open and receptive to learning new information. Your dog will listen to you and understand what you want it to do. When this happens, bad behaviors simply fade away as more desirable ones take their place. So, if you want to check out this remarkable dog training system, just visit realbusinessbargains.com. That's realbusinessbargains.com. Realbusinessbargains.com. 
The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again. I don't know what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Mike Dandy is with me. He's successfully replicated electrogravitic propulsion systems that many top-secret military aircraft are using today. And where does uh, your interest in free energy uh, come into this? How uh, are we talking about the same sort of technology? Uh, I mean, obviously, you have this hooked up to a power source, a prime mover. Uh, so how do you anticipate, uh, if this is in fact your intention, taking this electrogravitic technology and adapting it uh, for use as a, a source of free energy? Uh, well, the free energy is really a completely separate thing. Um, the electrogravitic technology is a form of, um, was basically me saying to all my skeptical friends, see, this is how UFOs work. And no, it's not all hocus pocus. This isn't a faked UFO uh, uh, YouTube video. This You're seeing it in real life right in front of you. And, and that's for me was kind of the 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 purpose to it was you know every time i would show my skeptical friends look at this look at this ufo and whatnot they're like oh that's a yeah, faked video or whatnot and so i said fine then i'm just going to go create one and uh, it took me well 17 15 years to get it to work um but uh was finally able to show it to them you know right in front of their face uh, and they can't deny it and it's really funny they go right from skeptical almost immediately to oh well that's that's you know, got to be static electricity or something, or you got magnets underneath the table there. That's a positive, uh, or it's a similar pole and it's repelling from one another. And then, you know, I show them and, and they can't deny it and they just scratch their head. Um, but that was really the purpose of that to, to demonstrate that, you know, this is, this is how this technology could be working. Um, the, the free energy or zero point energy or crystal batteries or really when it comes down to it is really a piezoelectric effect um, to, to, to try and put it into um, most people's understanding if they have some science background, understand what the piezoelectric effect is. And, um, and I'll explain that a bit more in a sec, but my interest in that just kind of came naturally with my interest in uh, conspiracy theories and, and, you know, looking into UFOs and at the same time, you know, it's kind of grouped in with, uh, well, these uh, perpetual motion uh, motors that supposedly people created or getting something for nothing and, and uh, breaking the law of thermodynamics. It really does. And it's really getting this, this power from somewhere. It's not creating it from nothing. Um, but again, it's just something that mainstream science doesn't really understand or explain yet in textbooks. Um, but uh, so I naturally started to read about that because I was very interested in that. Uh, I love tinkering things and inventing things. Um, and that was just another thing that uh, I, I watched enough videos of it. And I just got to the point where I wanted to really satisfy myself and, and prove to myself first and foremost. And then to, again, all my naysayer uh, skeptical friends um, with their science backgrounds to say, you know what, I think there really is something to it. There's enough people in this world that are posting YouTube videos about it. There's got to be something to it. So I'm going to go ahead and, and create it. And uh, I love John Hutchinson um, because he's a Canadian. 
Um, but uh, the stuff that that he does, you, you just don't see anywhere else. The levitation that he did, and and again, that kind of got in with the anti gravity stuff as well, because he's doing some really sure. Yeah, he was levitating cannonballs, and uh, originally, although this wasn't captured on video, he he tells the story of uh, firing up. You know, again using tremendous amounts of uh, high yeah. voltage, incredibly high voltage. And uh, modulating it, and, yeah. He tells the story of a snowblower. I'm not sure how large it was in this warehouse, flying across the room. Um, but let me get back to his his crystal uh, his um, crystal battery. I guess. What is the? I've I've talked to him about it, but he is so beyond me. <laughs> uh, what, explain it to someone with a grade six science background, because that's who you're talking to. Okay. So um, my best explanation of this is if you think back maybe, oh, I don't know, 10, 20 years maybe, you used to get barbecues uh, with the barbecue lighter built in. There was no battery inside that barbecue lighter that created that spark. What it was was a crystal, quartz crystal usually, that when you pushed in the button, you felt that pop what you were doing was squeezing that crystal and that was generating the electricity from squeezing that crystal and it created a spark and that's what would start your barbecue up for you. And what kind of so crystal? Not, what kind of crystal? Quartz? Usually, usually quartz. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's why you never had to change the battery in those barbecue lighters back in the day. You could just keep pushing it as much as you want. And so that that is really, from my under again, just my understanding of it, how how it's working. It's it's called the piezoelectric effect, and it's about really squeezing squeezing crystals to create electricity. That's used in a lot of things today, but very for very small voltages, like watches. Some watches have crystals in them, and that's what's generating the electricity. Um, they're used in, of course, radios back in the day, but for different purposes. Um, so that, that's what's generating electricity. But the interesting and, and really cool thing that John figured out, I, I believe, is that how do I, how do I keep the crystals under pressure all the time without having to squeeze them or, you know, create a, I've seen a lot of patents over the years in California, other places where they've created these walkways or roads with, crystals in them and it's generating electricity as you're stepping on and walking on or driving on it and using the piezoelectric effect to create electricity. The, the, the problem with those is, is that you have to keep walking on it or driving on it or, or squishing it manually. Um, what John came up with was using Epsom salts and no salt and uh, borax and and basically uh, a number of crystals that you mixed and melt together uh, using some other interesting kind of doping agents. When I say doping agents like fool's gold and um, a couple other um, trace, trace mineral elements uh, that you kind of put into this mix and, and boil down. You pour it, you pour it into uh, a copper, just a copper tube, um, and and then put the, you know the best thing to use is a magnesium rod in the center, and you have your your cathode your, your positive and your negative negative terminals is what they're generating, and then you pour in this crystal structure 
inside the tube while it's hot and liquid. And as it starts to cool, it starts to grow these crystals, these Epsom salt crystals and whatnot, inside there as it cools and ends up putting itself under pressure inside this tube. And that is what's really in, you know, the, the great six uh, science terminology here, how it's working. It's, it's putting itself under pressure. And over time, those crystals are continuing to still grow and continuing to, to put more and more pressure on themselves. Because they're in a confined space. And so exactly. they can, they, as they try to expand into a confined space, then the pressure increases. Correct. And that's what's continuing to generate the voltage. And uh, there's a lot of people that have copied that and copied John's uh, videos. Um, and, you know, they've switched it up a little bit, though. They didn't maybe put in some of the, some of the, the, the rare metals in there. Uh, or uh, John put in uh, the sodium silicate. Uh, um, it's, it's like a liquid glass that you can use for engine blocks, actually, believe it or not, to repair them. Uh, he coated the inside of the copper tube and, and the and magnesium rod in this solution. And from what I understand, that, that caused the crystals to grow to a certain point, but then kind of stopped it from continuing to grow because these other people that followed his videos, you know, some of them have done some really cool stuff where they, you know, they, they created these batteries, they set up a webcam and, and a website and a live feed, and they, you know, they got one with the crystal batteries connected to an LED light and then one connected to a regular battery and just let her go. And, you know, the battery-powered LED ran out after, you know, a couple days or a week. And his crystal battery that he made based off of John Hutchinson stuff um, continued to go. And after five years of continuing to run the LED light, you know, obviously there's something to it. Um, and But the crystals continued to grow inside the copper tubes, and they basically started to burst open. They still worked, and they were still producing power. But um, that was a bit of a flaw in their design where that meant that the batteries could only maybe last five to ten years. Um, and I think this uh, sodium silicate is this missing ingredient that a lot of them uh, didn't follow from John um, that, that made their batteries kind of explode over time because the crystals continue to grow. I know from John, from some stuff that he's done from, you know, uh, some battery packs that he created for some schools in Japan and whatnot, that he, he's still in contact with. And after 30 years or so, you know, they're still producing power. And uh, they obviously didn't fall apart like some of these other people. But how that. much uh, power? I mean, in order to make it practical, if, if how big a, a copper tube, for example, filled with this uh, material that would, you know, crystallize, how big would you need for that to be of any use in order in order to, for example, let's say, provide a house with all its power needs? So that's another really good question. Um, a lot of people have played around with that, but I think one of the things that John figured out was um, it didn't seem to matter the size of the crystal battery that you created in being proportioned to the amount of voltage or current that it was creating. Um, and so it's really more about how many of these can you put in parallel and series to make a strong enough current and voltage to power something practical. Um, 
So yes, you need a lot more of these than than your than your one kind of you know AA battery that you'd be putting in uh, you know one of your simple electronic devices uh, that you have today to to make the equivalent voltage and current. But I think if you never need to replace them or recharge them, you know, uh, you just need to put enough of them in parallel or series. And whether it's you coat your whole wall of your basement in these batteries, uh, it's just it's just really having enough space and time to create enough of them um, where you could start to create some some fantastic voltage and current out of them to, to use something to make it practical. Are you going to be um, demonstrating this as well at the Alien Cosmic Expo? Yeah, I have some. Uh, I have a couple different versions of them that I created. I started off with just you know going to Home Depot and grabbing some copper and some some basic uh, cleaning supply products <laughs> from under your kitchen sink and uh, an aluminum rod. Um, uh, and then uh, that was just initially to kind of prove that again, yep, this is possible. There's something to it. It's working. And I connected it to a clock and, it, and it's been running for over a year now. Um, so I know, again, there's something to it. Um, but uh, then once I, I realized that, that it's real, uh, that's when I, you know, ordered online some magnesium rods and some more rare metals that uh, you can't get at your Home Depot. Um, and I'm in the midst of making a much more powerful, more practical battery that I am going to demonstrate in, in as well. Uh, do, Back- do you want to be the the next John Hutchison, Mike? Because I, I don't know, you know, John has moved. He's down there in, uh, in Oregon now. And um, I think it's called Gold Beach. I've been to his, his place. He has a huge... Hmm a huge space down there with his lovely bride, Nancy. Uh, but he sold all of, you know, the, a lot of that high-voltage equipment that he salvaged or scavenged off of old naval vessels and so forth. He packed that up and sold it to somebody in Germany, I think. Uh, so he's not doing a lot of that, you know, the anti-gravitics anymore. Is that what you want to do? Do you want to do you want to take over from John or continue uh, in his line of work? <laughs> Well, I there's a reason why maybe you never heard my name before or it's, you can't really find any YouTube videos on the things that I'm producing. It's mostly because um, when you get into the energy space, free energy type technology stuff, that's when it really seems to ruffle some feathers of some large corporations. Um, I know... Uh, John had his labs raided on multiple occasions, mostly from the U.S. military, from what I understand. Um, but um, I'm a little skeptical of, of you know, basically starting up a battery factory um, to create these um, because of of those reasons. Uh, you know, I, I have uh, I have a couple of young kids, and uh, sure, you want to keep a low profile. Understood. I, yeah. I don't mean necessarily get into the business, uh, but I just mean, I mean, do you have uh, a, a lab? Do you have a, a space that looks something like you know out of uh, out of a Tesla's setup? Do you have Tesla coils and? <laughs> uh, I I basically operate out of my basement. And uh, I have a nice space down there, and I've got some interesting uh, little inventions. But uh, for me, it's, I, I, I like educating people on it. Uh, I think that uh, when people talk about disclosure and coming out with this technology and, 
you know, somebody like the prime minister or the president just kind of standing up one day on the six o'clock news and announcing all this stuff. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. And I think the only way that that kind of technology is going to be released is is by natural osmosis through through word of mouth from people to people. Um, and that is my goal, really, is really trying to educate people on this uh, to let them know, A, how simple it is to really create this stuff, um, but uh, that uh, to really encourage people to, to do it themselves. And I feel that that's the only real way that this information will get out and it will become mainstream one day is, is by doing it from that method and, you know, creating uh, YouTube videos if need be and stuff like that. Are you are you familiar with the Science, Energy, and Technology Conference that happens every year up in the Spokane, Washington area? I've heard of it before. Uh, I've never been, uh, but I have heard of it before. Yeah, you really ought to get in touch with uh, Aaron Murakami. I've been, and I know Aaron. I've had him, I've had him on uh, Coast to Coast with me a few times, and there's a real community up there. It's quite quite remarkable. All of the people... Uh, a lot of the leading people in the free energy, alternative energy community are right there in Spokane. And, uh, it, but it all, they all sort of came together. It was very serendipitous. Um, and, uh, there's Paul Babcock, who's, uh, who was working on a, a, a motor that's powered by magnets. Uh, he's yeah. doing some remarkable things. Aaron Murakami, who has, Developed um, a very advanced uh, plasma ignition system. Uh, I think it'd be great for you to connect with all those folks. Yeah, that would be really exciting. I'm really uh, super interested in the permanent magnet motors and uh, and stuff like that as well. It's definitely on my bucket list to uh, to, to to get into creating some of those as well. Um, yeah, for for me, I, I just do it uh, for fun and for educating others and and. Uh, it was always a dream to retrofit my car with the electric motor and convert it, and and then I started thinking of these batteries. Well, could you imagine if uh, uh, Tesla Motors, you know, had uh, you know a third of the trunk full of these these zero point energy batteries, crystal batteries that would just every time the car is sitting parked could, could recharge the lithium ion batteries and uh, extend the range and that kind of stuff excites me. I'm, I'm on the, the Model Three reservation list. The, the Tesla car, and uh, uh, we'll be getting one soon. But uh, I would love to get into, you know, working with a company like Tesla or something like that to to further evolve their battery technology. Well, Mike, it's been a pleasure meeting you. I've enjoyed our our conversation, and I look forward to seeing you at the Alien Cosmic Expo. That's at the Toronto Airport Marriott Hotel. It's a great airport, or a, a great hotel, rather. And uh, that's yeah. happening June 22, 23, 24. I'll be there on the Sunday, the 23rd. And um, I think that's a Sunday. Anyway, it doesn't matter. June 23rd, I'll be there. I'll be moderating the uh, roundtable discussion on disclosure. And Mike, you'll be there all three days, and we can find you in the exhibitors hall. Look forward to seeing you in person. Yes, it's been great. Thanks for the opportunity, and uh, we'll see you then. My pleasure. Thank you, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'm going to tell you what's coming up on the next episode. But first, Life Extension's Mega Green Tea Extract provides powerful antioxidant effects throughout the body. 
Green tea contains health-promoting polyphenols, including a powerful antioxidant, which has been the subject of extensive scientific research. Why don't you pour on these multiple health benefits for yourself? Green tea is a powerful antioxidant. It supports cell membrane integrity, boosts liver detoxification, enhances immune function, and helps maintain healthy blood cholesterol, LDL and triglyceride levels, and much more. Life Extension's Mega Green Tea Extract is decaffeinated, yet it contains more polyphenols in one capsule than seven cups of green tea. The Chinese have used green tea for therapeutic purposes since 2000 BC. More recently, volumes of published scientific findings attest to its multiple health benefits. One capsule a day of Mega Green Tea Extract is all you need. Why don't you give your body what it needs? Order right now from Life Extension and save 25%. Just go to smartclickidea.com. That's smart smartclickidea.com smartclickidea.com Coming up on episode 64 our second in an ongoing series of remote viewing experiments with Dr. Douglas James Cottrell Be sure to listen to this episode when I try and remote view a hidden object Until next time, I'm Richard Serrett So long for now A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. 